0: a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on Leading & Learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading & Learning. This is episode number 391, Christmas in Mark and John. So if you've been with me the last couple of episodes, we talked about the Christmas story in the Gospel of Matthew and in the Gospel of Luke. They're very different. As we said, Matthew is from Joseph's perspective. Luke is from from Mary's point of view. Um, If you haven't heard those episodes, I encourage you to go back and listen just because it'll give you some really great insights into the Christmas story that we know and love so much. But today... We're going to look at a couple of other Gospels. We're going to look at Mark and John and see what they have to say about the beginning of Jesus' life. You might actually be surprised at what we find out. We'll start with the Gospel of Mark, and this is, I'm going to just start reading a few verses. This is uh, verses 1 through 3 in the first chapter. It says, The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. And then we'll jump ahead a few verses. This is verses 9 through 11. It says, In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan, and when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son with you, I am well pleased. Well right at the, at the very beginning you hear, that you, you see there's no shepherds, there's no angels, there's no heavenly choir, this jumps right into Jesus' life as, as an adult. Uh, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Now this is an interesting phrase because this was actually the phrase that would have been used by, um, by Rome if, if Caesar had had a son, they would have been going around and saying this very phrase. Um, this is the good news, the gospel, the Evangelion is the Greek word. Um, a a new king has been born, Um, an heir has been born to Caesar. And that's essentially the way Mark starts the gospel, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, not the son of Caesar, but the son of God. This would have been a very subversive thing to say. And it's interesting, too, that he gives us a little bit of background because he, he acknowledges and agrees with the other gospels that Jesus came from Nazareth. And was baptized by John and then we have God speaking um from heaven you are my beloved son with you I am well pleased but we don't have any uh infancy narrative we don't have any stories of Jesus as a boy as as Luke gives us so so this is a, an interesting start to the gospel for for Mark he's he's jumping right in not to the middle of the story but, but in some ways, you know, we, we, we wish we knew. If, if you're just reading Mark's gospel, we wish we knew a little bit more. But for Mark's purposes, this is sufficient. You notice he doesn't give us a genealogy. In Matthew, he gives a, gene- a genealogy that goes all the way back to Abraham. In, in Luke, we get a genealogy that goes back to Adam. Um, and so Mark... Doesn't see a need to provide a genealogy, and this is this is interesting, but it also in keeping with the theme that Mark gives us. And Jesus told us this in Mark ten forty five. Jesus was um, refereeing a dispute between his disciples about which of them were the greatest, which of them was the greatest, and he says this. He said, "For the Son of Man, not even the Son of Man came." to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Um, isn't that a ma- an amazing statement? Because I, I, I think of, oh, yes, Jesus, we want to serve you. We want to follow you. And of course we do. He's, he's the Lord. But Jesus, when he was here on earth, his attitude was the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve, to give his life as a ransom for many. And so this is in keeping With the theme of Mark, is Jesus as the servant? That is essentially what Mark is highlighting throughout his gospel, is is Jesus the servant of God. And so if Jesus is a servant from God, this gives us a lot of insight into why his gospel starts as it does. There's no genealogy because no one cares where a servant comes from. They don't care who their parents are. They're a slave. No one cares about, you know, where a slave uh, came from, their roots, their heritage. That's not what people are concerned about. Um, you know, there's no there's no background story to where Jesus came from. That's not for a slave. No one cares. And so for Mark, it's enough to jump right in to the, the meat of the story. And that's essentially what happens. And and if you've you've been listening before, and we've talked about the Gospel of Mark, you you understand that it's not just the Gospel of Mark; it's actually the Gospel of Peter, as recorded by Mark. That's what the the first century historians uh, slash theologians told us is that, um, that that Mark traveled with Peter. He spent time with Peter. He maybe even was Peter's translator as Peter preached in Aramaic. And Mark translated into Greek for him for for the other audiences, but but we know that Mark recorded the sayings of, of Peter, the sermons of Peter, the teachings of Peter, the reminiscence uh, of Peter about his, his time with Jesus. And so when you when you see it starting right up and jumping right in, you you also see the personality of Peter, the. The, the, the impetuous, the fast-paced, the moving from one scene to another, uh, the, the, the lack of concern, in some cases, even for details. Um, so, so we really do see Peter's personality on every page. So, so we don't have a traditional Christmas story in the Gospel of Mark, but we do get some amazing insights. Um, this idea of Jesus as the Son of God in the very first phrase, um, this would have been enough, really, in, uh, under Roman law to have Mark um, executed. This was, this was subversive. This implied treason. This implied uh, a revolution. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Um, you know, if you've, if you've ever seen any ancient Roman coins, it's fascinating because you'll see a picture of Caesar, and then on the other side it'll say the Son of the Divine or the Son of God. And so, so Jesus, the, the, the Son of God, uh, according to Mark, is, is the true Son of the Divine. Go away, we will be right back. I just wanted to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Miracles in Mark. If you're looking for that last minute Christmas present, check my resource page. Just go to davidspell.com and at the top it'll say books and just click on that. There's a whole list of my books. I think I've got over 20 books now. I've got some novels, I've got some. So, some some nonfiction stuff, but Miracles in Mark was my second book, and it's a study of the Gospel of Mark, but we look at all the supernatural um, things that Jesus did, all the miracles, all the healing, um, the nature miracles. There's just some amazing stuff in there. It was just a fascinating story, a uh, study for me, and I think you'll really enjoy it. This is a great book for personal Bible study and for group study. It's actually been used in even other countries as a, as a Bible study for small groups. And to make it even easier and to facilitate that, there is a video course that goes along with the book. Um, there's, I wanna say, 20 something short uh, video lessons. The videos are all 10, 15 minutes or so. And they provide a great way to lead a small group. Um, if, you're, if you've never been sure if you could lead a small group or not, use a curriculum like this. Watch the video. There's some discussion questions, and it just kind of does so much of the work for you. So by all means, check out Miracles and Mark and the video course that accompanies, accompanies it, because I know it will help you and everyone that you minister to. Well, all right. We talked about the Christmas story in Mark, which really wasn't a whole lot. And then we'll move on to the Gospel of John. Um, a little background. The Gospel of John was written 20 to 30 years after the other three Gospels. Uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke um, were all written eh, around the same time. Mark was the, 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 the seed Gospel that both Matthew and Luke used, and then they added their own material to it, but Mark was the one that they, they started with. But, but we get to John, and we've got a very, very different point of view. John is looking back now, uh, over the years uh, much much greater than than Matthew Mark or Luke. and he's he's sharing now at the end of the first century his version of the events. He shares material and, and, it, and it seems clear that when you read his gospel that he's probably read the others. And it seems his attitude was, let me share some things that the other guys didn't share. Obviously, they could. no one could share everything about Jesus. There's too much. But John specifically picks several things that the other guys didn't mention. There's one or two that, that, that they did, but there were some that, that he pulls in that the other guys chose not to mention. But what does he have to say about Jesus' birth? It's almost Christmas. What does John have to say about the Christmas story? Well, listen to what he says in John 1 verses 1 to 5. He says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That's John 1, 1 through 5. And then let me jump ahead a few verses, And this is 9 to 14. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born, not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Well again, we don't get a, a, a traditional Christmas story from John. Matthew and Luke give us great insight into Jesus' birth and his first few years. Luke even gives us a story from when he was twelve years old. John does something different. John takes us back to in the beginning. There's no way anyone would read this and not immediately think of Genesis. When you read Genesis 1:1, it says, "In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth." Well, here John says, in John 1:1, "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was was God, and it says He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him." So, so we're getting a a, a, a new, an interesting picture. Of Jesus, not just at his birth, but before his birth, we see Jesus in his eternal state before he became incarnate, before he became a man. He was with God in the beginning. He he, he, he created. God created through him um, everything that was made. Fascinating, um, this idea of Jesus being the eternal Son of God. Because I think sometimes we, we can kind of just focus on one aspect or the other. Is Jesus as um, the Son of God, and we focus just on the spiritual side, or we can focus just on the uh, physical side, Jesus being a man. And I think it's important that we we understand the, the, that Jesus was fully God and fully man. And this is what what John goes on to describe when he says, The Word became flesh. The eternal, which we just saw in the beginning, was the word. The word, the eternal, became flesh and dwelt among us. And that that, that word is 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 translated literally. It said God pitch would pitch his tent. He tabernacled among us. He 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 became the new tabernacle, which again is fascinating because when you read the Old Testament, you you see in Exodus the the giving of the tabernacle to Moses and the children of Israel and and this tabernacle and then ultimately the temple would be the place where god's presence would dwell among men but now john is saying that, that 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 god pitched his tent he tabernacled among us in jesus the the word became flesh his presence was 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 upon him and so this is this is this is so powerful for us to understand that god kept getting a little closer um, he, he, he lived in the, the, the tent. He lived in the, the temple that the Solomon created for him. He lived in Jesus. And those who were there saw him. They beheld him. They, they, they hung out with him. They could touch him. They could spend time with him. And then ultimately, the Holy Spirit would come to live inside his people, you and me, and we become the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, again, this doesn't really sound like a traditional Christmas story, but how powerful is it to remember that Jesus, the the, the Son of God, is also the, the eternal Son of God, the, the one who was from the very beginning, who created, who uh, spoke life, and uh, who was the light of men. You know, we put a we put a star on top of our Christmas trees. And, of course, in Matthew, we read about the star that led the wise men. But ultimately, the, the, the star, uh, the light, the true light is Jesus himself. And that's what it says in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So as we, we celebrate Christmas this, this year, um, I encourage you to read all four of the, 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 the the Gospels. Um, each one has something to offer. Each one you know maybe presents things a little bit differently. Um, we don't get a, a birth story in in John's gospel or Mark's story, but we do find out some very, very interesting things and it's enough for us to understand as 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 John reminds us that, Um, You know, he came into the world and his own didn't even receive him, but to everyone who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave us the right to become children of God. And I'm thankful, so very thankful, to have that honor and privilege to be a child of God, and I hope you are too. Well, let's stop there. I'd love to hear any questions you might have, any feedback you might have as we've gone through these four Gospels and looking at the different accounts of 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 what they say is important at the beginning. Um, You know, each one wanted to to share things a little bit differently, and that was uh, why I wanted to look at each gospel. So by all means, go to davidspell.com, leave your question or comment. While you're there, make sure, you, like I said, you check out my resource page, but also sign up to get my free newsletter so that we can stay in touch. Well, friends... Always a joy to be with you. I want to wish you a very, very, very Merry Christmas and look forward to seeing you again next week on Leading and Marketing.